0: and welcome to this edition of Midis Junction with me, Anne-Marie Basada. On Monday, December 3rd, Egypt's President Abdel Fattah al-Sisi inaugurated its first security and defense expo. The three-day event will see some 40 countries and over 350 exhibitors come together to share in the latest technology in defense and security. When I first read about this defense expo, I admit, like many others, I didn't see much importance to it. But after doing some research and speaking to experts in the field of arms and security, this exposes, in fact a very significant and direct move on the part of Egypt.. Before we can answer this question, it's always better to understand the context. So let's start with its history. I won't go into too much detail as this isn't the point of today's podcast, but here is a quick summary.. <laughs> In 1952, a revolution in Egypt pushed out the British-backed monarchy and any remaining foreign control of the country. Those that mounted the bloodless coup called themselves the free officers.
1: From Cairo come these first authentic pictures of the bloodless coup by which the army took over control of Egypt.
0: They were a group of military men who had been planning for some time this coup. The end result? Egypt, at long last, was once again in the hands of Egyptians.
2: In triumphal procession, Egypt exhibits her military might before Premier Nasser in Cairo.
0: But these Egyptians were the military, and their new leader, as of 1954, after a moment of internal struggle, was Gamal Abdel Nasser. After the 1956 Suez Canal War, Nasser had successfully nationalized the canal against efforts from the French, British, and Israeli military. The victory against all three boosted Egypt's image not only as victorious against foreign powers,
2: riding a crest of popularity climaxed by his election as Egypt's first president, Masser puts on the mightiest parade of power ever seen in the Middle East.
0: But also as a military powerhouse, as we can hear in this old newsreel from 1957 and during a military parade in Cairo. As the Cold War became more palpable, Egypt was busy buying army equipment like a child in a candy store, making it the Middle East's most influential state as Omar Lamrani, a senior military analyst at Stratfor notes in his article back in October. This was the golden age of Egypt's military might. Not only was it known for its army strength within the country, but worldwide. But after its defeat by Israel in 1967, the army's reputation started to weaken. And following the end of the Cold War, the creation of the Gulf Cooperation Council, Turkey's reengagement with the region, Egypt began to lose its status. So in the last two decades, the country has yearned for its military time in the limelight, as Isander al Amrami explains.
2: That role, regional role that uh, Egypt aspires to, has aspired to since the nineteen fifties has very much declined. And as a conclusion of that, the Egyptian military, I think, has begun revising its doctrine, and part of that has been upgrading its military equipment, diversifying its procurement.
0: Isander is the project director for North Africa and the Middle East at the International Crisis Group.
2: So this has been an investment in the Navy, partly to be able to play a greater role in the Red Sea. And generally speaking, I mean, although... Egypt hasn't really come back in the Middle East, especially in you know the Syrian-Iraqi arena the way it might have been important in the 1960s or 70s.
0: This push to upgrade its military equipment and diversify its procurement has jumped since Sisi took power in 2013. In fact, Egypt's spending on arms has grown by 215% between 2008 and 2012 and 2013 and 2017, says Peter Weissman, the senior researcher in arms and military expenditure programs at the Stockholm International Peace Research Institute, or CIPRI. I asked Peter if this is a remarkable number, given the country's total GDP spending on its military isn't really that high. In an email exchange with me, he says, quote, It is a significant increase, even if there have been other periods in Egyptian history when arms imports have been high. What needs to be noted, Peter explains, is that the overall GDP of Egypt's military spending does not necessarily include its arms imports, which are often bought through borrowed money, namely from the US and the UAE. A lot of Middle Eastern countries are large importers, um, Saudi Arabia, for example, and Egypt, I think in 2017, was the third largest importer of arms in the world, according to the CIPRI numbers as well. That's Holly Spencer from the French organization Stop Fueling War. The CIPRI report, she refers to, does in fact list Egypt as the third largest importer of arms in the world with France, as just a little side note, being its largest supplier. In fact, right there at the ribbon-cutting ceremony on the first day of the expo was France's Defence Minister Florence Parly beside President Sisi. This goal for Egypt to reemerge from the desert as the military might of the region is not unheard of. In fact, a report on trends in international arms transfers for 2017, also by CIPRI, states that the overall volume of international transfers of major weapons between 2013 to 2017 increased by 10% from the period of 2008 to 2012. It's a wordy sentence, but in short, countries all around the world since the early 2000s have been upping the purchase of arms. I guess everyone wants to be the biggest and strongest in the world, but how is everyone paying for this? In European countries, we see increased spending on the military, uh in France in particular as well, and decreased spending on social services and things like this and as you can see, the fact that Egypt has now its first defense fair It goes to show that the arms race is only just going to get more important, and especially in in regions like the Middle East, that's very interesting and telling of the situation. So this race for arms does come at a financial cost. In the case of Egypt, its external debt has reached a record high of nearly $93 billion as of June this year. This after austerity measures were introduced in 2016, followed by a new round in early November this year. In an article written for the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace by Magid Mandour, he says the root of Egypt's debt crisis lies directly with the military's management of its political economy. He adds, Even as the military spending worsened an evolving debt crisis, the regime focused on paying for it with a massive austerity drive. So now I can get back to our first question. Does this security and defense fair in Egypt mean anything?
2: So I think that the focus on these defense fair, the constant glorification of uh, the Egyptian army, it's, it's just it's a permanent feature of the current regime. Uh, the army claims to have saved the country from uh, Islamist rule, uh, the Muslim Brotherhood that it over in 2013. It claims to be the last strong institution of the Egyptian state and now taking a lead in building that state after it was fragilized uh, post-2011.
0: Egypt has even bought highly advanced equipment, such as the amphibious assault ships from France, that aren't actually being used.
1: This may certainly also play a role that uh, weapons are being acquired to provide or to strengthen the status of Egypt in the region. It is, on the other hand, of course, also true that there are still indications that significant parts of the large investments in arms by Egypt actually come from countries uh, mainly the UAE and Saudi Arabia and to some extent also of course the US which uh, remains a very important supplier of military aid to Egypt. And on the one hand by acquiring these arms it can increase its status but on the other hand by doing so it also shows that it is kind of um, kind of dependent on these other countries.
0: Holding the fare alone is a way to establish itself as the primary wheeler and dealer in negotiations. Defense fairs are really the the focal point of this industry. Uh, this is where all the deals get done. This is where all the contacts are made, and we have very little access to information about them. These fairs are held often around the world. In fact, the largest one takes place here in Paris, called EuroSatory.
1: But of course, the the real negotiations have been take place elsewhere. Uh, This is the place where you show the final results of them. This is the place where you show the world that you are re-equipping and even expanding your military capability. And this is the place where you actually play your suppliers out against each other to get the best deal for the lowest price for the most advanced equipment.
0: And in the case of Egypt, having everyone right there at her doorsteps means more deals can be made. In fact, one source I spoke to who runs the blog Egypt Defense Review says several billions of dollars are likely to be spent by Egypt during these three days as it finalizes its deals. Since the U.S. cut its military spending to Egypt in 2013 as a sort of punishment for ousting then-President Mohamed Morsi from power, Sisi has begun to purchase military equipment from all over the world.
1: It seems to me that this arms fair probably is related to the increasing procurement that we see in Egypt and also very important, the diversification of that uh, procurement. So some years back, uh, a lot of what uh, Egypt would acquire would mainly come from the U.S. and would be paid for uh, with U.S military aid. But now they have, are actually looking and actually are receiving arms for, from what I would argue is a broader group of countries. It includes Russia, uh, which has really stepped up its arms exports to Egypt in recent years, China, uh, but also several European states, France uh, and Germany, for example, compete against each other for quite big arms deals in Egypt.
0: But this may just be part of the plan. This fair signifies a sort of comeback for Egypt on the military scene. And while its economy, social services and infrastructure remain weak, Sisi appears set on pushing ahead with his plan to build a self-sufficient national arms industry that may one day compete on the international arms market. In the words of Egypt's Defense Minister General Mohamed Zaki during the opening remarks of the fair, peace must be protected by power that secures. Or in other words, a strong military is synonymous with peace. That's it for this edition of Mid-East Junction. As you know, we have changed our programming here at RFI English. That means more episodes of Mid-East Junction. So don't forget to join me next time for another look at the region. You can also listen to all the previous episodes on english.rfi.fr forward slash features forward slash Junction.